Andrew looked at the coffin and tried to remember who was inside it. It was a man, he was sure of that, but, horrifyingly, the name escaped him. He thought he'd narrowed it down to either John or James, but Jake had just made a late bid for consideration. It was inevitable, he supposed, that this happened. He had been to so many of these funerals, it was bound to at some point, but that didn't stop him feeling an angry stab of self-loathing. If he could just remember the name before the vicar said it, that would be something. There was no order of service, but maybe he could check his work phone. Would that be cheating? Probably. Besides, it would have been a tricky enough manoeuvre to get away with in a church full of mourners, but nearly impossible when the only other person there apart from him was the vicar. Ordinarily, the funeral director would have been there too, but he had called off sick. Unnervingly, the vicar, who was only a few feet away from Andrew, had barely broken eye contact since he had started the service. Andrew hadn't dealt with him before. He was boyish and spoke with a tremor that was amplified unforgivingly by the echoey church. Andrew couldn't tell if this was down to nerves. He tried a reassuring smile, but it didn't seem to help. Would a thumbs up be inappropriate? He decided against it. He looked over at the coffin again. Maybe he was a Jake, though the man had been 78 when he died and you didn't really get many septuagenarian Jakes, at least not yet. It was going to be strange in 50 years' time when all the nursing homes would be full of Jakes and Waynes, Tinkerbells and Appletizers with faded tribal tattoos that roughly translated as roadworks for next 50 yards faded on their lower backs. Jesus, concentrate, he admonished himself. The whole point of him being there was to bear respectful witness to the poor soul departing on their final journey, to provide some company in lieu of any family or friends. Dignity. That was his watchword. Unfortunately, dignity was something that had been in short supply for John or James or Jake. According to the coroner's report, he had died on the toilet while reading a book about buzzards. To add insult to injury, Andrew later discovered firsthand that it wasn't even a very good book about buzzards. Admittedly, he was no expert, but he wasn't sure the author who even from the few passages Andrew had read came across as remarkably grumpy, should have dedicated a whole page to bad-mouthing kestrels. The deceased had folded the corner of this particular page down as a crude placeholder, so perhaps he had been in agreement. As Andrew had peeled off his latex gloves, he had made a mental note to insult a kestrel, or indeed any member of the Falcon family, the next time he saw one, as a tribute of sorts. Other than a few more bird books, the house was devoid of anything that gave clues to the man's personality. There were no records or films to be found, nor pictures on the walls or photographs on the windowsills. The only idiosyncrasy was the bafflingly large number of fruit and fibre boxes in the kitchen cupboards. So, aside from being a keen ornithologist with a top-notch digestive system, it was impossible to guess what sort of person John or James or Jake had been.
Andrew had been as diligent as ever with the property inspection. He had searched the house, a curious mock Tudor bungalow that sat defiantly as an incongruous interlude in the terraced street until he was sure he'd not missed something that suggested the man had any family he was still in touch with. He'd knocked on the neighbours' doors, but they had either been indifferent to or unaware of the man's existence or the fact it was over. The vicar segued unsurely into a bit of Jesus-y material and Andrew knew from experience that the service was coming to a close. He had to remember this person's name as a point of principle. He really tried his best, even when there was no one else there, to be a model mourner, to be as respectful as if there were hundreds of devastated family members in attendance. He'd even started removing his watch before entering the church, because it felt like the deceased's final journey should be exempt from the indifference of a ticking second hand. The vicar was definitely on the home straight now. Andrew was going to have to make a decision. John, he decided. He was definitely John. And whilst we believe that John, yes, struggled to some extent in his final years and sadly departed the world without family or friends by his side, we can take comfort that, with God waiting, with open arms, full of love and kindness, this journey shall be the last he makes alone. <laughs>